0: What makes Rose Cleaners the best in dry cleaning?
1: They do my laundry the way I like it. The wonderful customer service.
2: Personal quality. I have some things I like done with my clothes that I ask for and it's always done.
1: They do good work. I just love Rose Cleaners. Very excellent customer service and uh, they've made me very happy since I've been here. They've got
0: friendly employees when you walk in and um, they haven't lost any of my clothes in 19 years rose cleaners serving san antonio for over 20 years and now a word from one of our bible live sponsors our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the bible live as a businessman i have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time personnel and resources for the best return and results www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888 That's P.O. Box 18888 San Antonio, Texas 78218 Hi, I'm Eric Galindo Training Director for the FSI Training School For individuals and businesses we offer certification courses in CPR and First Aid through the American Heart Association and also the Vehicle Safety Inspector course for the Texas Department of Public Safety. Courses are available every week for your convenience. Call me, Eric, at 210-314-2615. That's
3: 210-314-2615.
0: Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible.
3: The entire Bible every year.
0: On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. So we will ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial, because here's the host of The Bible Live, hi, 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 hi. your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Sophie Dollar.
2: Thank you for joining us for The Bible Live, the quiz show, and uh, Jacob is here in the studio. We both hi, say hi, hi, that's me. Jacob, good to see you, kiddo. Uh, Rainy, wet Sunday evening to you. Hope you've had a good day. Um, We are just really blessed here. I tell you, South Texas weather-wise, we're turning into a a Garden of Eden. I think. I mean, honestly, I keep thinking how beautiful it would be to fly into San Antonio these days. I bet everything's so plush and green. Our city uh, built in a forest. And uh, we've we've carefully guarded the the trees and the forest uh, aspect of our city, and I I bet mean, it's beautiful. Yeah, do you know, to... there's a
1: city ordinance now you can't cut a tree down unless you get a permit for two hundred dollars. Is that a fact? Yeah, and I had to help a lady that she cut one down. She's an older lady, and uh, they gave her a fine for two thousand dollars. And I and I actually talked to the guy. We finally worked it out, and they let her to retroactively buy the permit. But I was in shock. I had no idea that the influence of California has taken over San Antonio.
2: <laughs> that's it. The the, the Californians. Uh, well, that's I, I I um I don't go along with that uh-huh. particularly. No. The idea of, uh, I, I do know that some things get carried to extremes. But the idea that we've guarded the, the beauty of the of the city. That's part of it. And I'm, of course, you're used to flying into San Antonio after it's been hot and dry, and the city is burnt brown. You know, it's all. Yes. Well, speaking of burnt brown, oh my goodness, you you're going to use that as a segue. That does, I am. You are. A miracle I would like worker. to say
1: this. I would like to everybody that's listening mm-hmm. to get a pencil handy because we're going to say two things in just a few minutes. That's going to be beneficial spiritually, physically, biblically, and maybe financially. Are
2: you going to talk about the biblical archaeological archaeological review? I'm going to mention that. Oh, how are you going to segue with burnt brown to
1: Well, because archeology? so
2: much of the biblical archaeology digging
1: takes place in places arid and brown. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Desert-like, which is what I was saying, that San Antonio would seem desert-like, burnt brown. and uh, Okay, but let me finish the thought of how beautiful our city is okay. these days and how I'd love to fly in and see it. From the air, I bet it is gorgeous. Now, let's let's talk about biblical biblical archaeology review. We had a great guest last week, a uh-huh. uh, young lady named I call her a young lady. I suppose she hope she doesn't mind me calling a young lady. Uh, brilliant, smart gal. Sarah. Very, very her smart. Name was very Sarah. good
1: too. Very, very
2: articulate. Yeah, you visited with her a lot on the phone up to the you know prior to that interview, and she just um not just. Fascinating oh, yeah. the things she yeah. told us about archaeology, modern archaeology, the things that are being discovered. Did you see the uh, the news story about the un of university I believe in Tennessee uh-huh. developing uh-huh. that technology yeah. to yeah yeah it, it looked
1: like they talk about a soapy jump on it. They got it.
2: They put a scroll, a burnt, charred yeah. piece charcoal uh-huh. type scroll. Sure. Sure. Through this machine that looked like... What are those machines uh, that they put human beings through that's called an MRI? All well, those MRIs. MRIs. Uh-huh. Well, it looked like they kind of put this scroll mm-hmm. through an MRI, and it kind of took these pictures. Well, they pictures. also do that with uh, cadavers that are
1: do- donated to medical schools. Right, exactly. And they can
2: go through different layers. And you can see yeah. the, the human body and so on. But right. now they did that with this burnt scroll it yes. was all rolled up, and uh-huh. they read uh-huh. these layers, uh-huh. and then they virtually, yeah, unwrapped it, unrolled it, where they couldn't uh. they couldn't unroll the real thing because uh. it's uh, it's charred, it would crack and break and destroy. Right here, they were able then to virtually on the computer unroll it, and, and then what they did they find, de- Soapy? And then they were able to detect the writing that was on it. Oh, it,
0: it's astounding! No,
2: don't stop there. Tell that's people what they that's found. A- Oh, they found the book of Leviticus. Ah. The earliest uh, by, I've forgotten how many years, uh, but it moved the, it was the earliest uh, copy Uh of the book of Leviticus Uh that we have, I guess. And I'm really eager to hear what they're... We is such a broad term. We We are really eager to hear. Are you as eager to hear? hear Well, I
1: know that the first lines that they've read so far are indeed... Exactly what the Jews have in Leviticus right now, and what really most competent English Bibles also have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, so it is the same. And uh, as a matter of fact, I was uh, visiting with some folks this morning about this, and I uh, and they were talking about the first. Uh, this professor McDowell, he said, "Well, you know, he, uh, the first thirty-five lines are exactly the same, and I assume the rest will be." And then I offered this thought: There is a reason for that. And that's because your people do not copy the Jews do not copy the Bible unless there's at least seven scribes present. They gotta be they can't just be you and me. They gotta be really articulate scribes. It takes seven. They have to say a prayer before they begin to copy. And the most fascinating line line in the prayer is, uh, "God." Ch- uh, guide my hand, because if I change one letter or one space between the letters, I will change the world. So uh, they, they regard that one thing will change everything. So that's why it's so committed to being exactly correct. And then the seven, they'll rotate, and all the others always are inspecting what the previous one did, and they all they all rotate, and all seven are involved. And if there is a mistake made, which does happen, then that panel has to be destroyed, and they have to do it over again. So, and the one thing I've always been attracted to is a fascinating thought: when you when you find Torah schools by Jews that hadn't the Jews hadn't seen each other in a thousand years, when let's say Australia, America, perhaps Yugoslavia, I see what you mean. Uh They're all identical. They don't have the situation where there's many copies, but they they whatever is copied is exactly the same, you know. And in the Christian Bible, we have many many mm-hmm. translations and many versions sometimes, and different copies, ancient copies of say the Book of Luke. Uh, but you don't run into that
2: with the with the Torah. You run it. It's always the same. Yeah, it's a different set of. Um, uh, if you're going to evaluate the historicity, the reliability of the text of the Old and New Testaments, it's a different procedure. They they both have different uh, advantages and disadvantages. Uh, as you say, the New Testament has its wealth of copies, mm-hmm. and most people would say, "Well, that's a disadvantage." But no, but in in from the rel- from the point of view of historians who are evaluating the re- the accuracy, the reliability. Uh, the transmission of the text that is actually a huge advantage, in that they can, using that wealth of of copies, they can go back and go back and go back, and they can check, you know, reliability, the changes that have taken place, and so on. Uh, so it, it's a it's um, to the historian, the, the New Testament and then the Old Testaments are, they're both very reliable, very very uh, accurate, but they are they are. They come to that conclusion through a different process. Of course, you're talking to some degree about the, see. Talk to me a little bit about the Masorites. I haven't thought about them in a long time. The Masoretic text and the, the, the culture of, of copying, sure. you know, scriptural copiers sure. of the Old Testament. A-
1: and I'd like to. I did warn everybody to get a pencil and piece of paper. Right. And I want everybody to Google this. Google this. It's biblicalarchaeologyreview.org
2: org right? Biblical Archaeology org, right. right? And so, no what's that? No review just biblicalarchaeology.org.
1: Oh, uh, the producers tell me it's
2: Biblical Oh, good. You don't have to spell the word review. That that'll yeah. be a help. I to wish a you lot didn't have people. to spell the word archaeology. <laughs> archaeology. A R C H A E O L O G. Okay.
1: But the point is, biblical John says biblical you archaeology
2: first go, first you the org. Biblical archaeology dot org. First, you biblical you you Google the word archaeology, so you know how to spell it, and uh, then you do biblical archaeology. That would be true. But
1: I'm saying that because you will find uh, the articles that you can read. There are articles on there about how they compare uh, extra biblical texts to the Bible, since we're ah, talking about them, uh-huh. and the experts, the real scholars. Uh, and there's one on there that's just fascinating that I've read two or three times that they've got one guy who's very pro-Jesus saying, one guy, one scholar It's not. Mm-hmm. And they both present their arguments. And so it gives you a broad picture, and you can agree with whatever you want to. But if, it's, if, if somebody Googles biblicalarchaeology.org, which I would encourage them to do, they will be able to find a wealth of information. And secondly, tonight...
2: This uh, very night. This very night. Where's that drum roll, that John? We need that drum where, roll. Where, where, where's that cinnamon roll? Or yeah. the drum roll? <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, anyway, you want to do something? When I say
2: a drum roll to John, he thinks drumstick, and it's all lost. Oh. It's just immediately.
1: Anyway, so here's what we got. We're going to give out uh, some prizes over the month of October. We gave out tickets to the seminar for the Biblical Archaeology Seminars taking place in uh, Mm -hmm. San Antonio in November, and that was $600 a ticket. $600 tickets, wow. But four winners. For the month of October, we're going to give out some free one-year magazine subscriptions to be mailed to your house uh, from the Biblical Archaeology Review. That's their magazine. And so tonight we'll do four or five, and if somebody wants to call them, we'll ask them some very serious, complicated question like, "Who
2: it's is buried in, in Grant's tomb?" In
1: Grant's tomb, or what? How did they? What? What did they put Jesus so we, in when he's crucified, something like that? And <laughs> then we'll in, send in, them in Isaiah's a tomb. Okay. I think you're stepping on my promo. Uh, we try. <laughs>
2: we're trying to be biblical here and no, we got no, to we're, we're, try, we're
1: trying to fulfill our obligation cuz these people are giving all this stuff free to us for our customers our listeners Well, hush my and mind. i want right. to make
2: sure that everything was you done bet. biblical archaeology review if you want to win a subscription a free subscription for a year to this uh, you think national geographic is interesting and good i mean really honestly folks this the photography the articles uh, it's just really Exciting and interesting stuff about the, um, and, and you'll you you learn how how do we come to such great confidence in the, this this old book? And that's fact, not let only me tell you, reliable. You were but talking
1: about from the, God uh, the book of Leviticus. They mm-hmm. found that was in a place in Israel that you read about in the Bible, and in English we pronounce it En-Gedi. in Getty. Yes,
2: in Getty, yes, yes.
1: But if you were doing it in Hebrew, you'd say, uh, "Yeti" or "Jedi." <laughs>
2: Oh, the Jedi, Jedi you really? got it.
1: You caught on quick. Oh, yeah. my land, the force be with yeah. you. Yeah, well, and that's the idea that the soldiers around there were Jedi soldiers,
2: you see. I see. So all that biblical stuff. Oh, that's that tribe of people that were great warriors. I remember the text now. There was a, Right. Aren't yeah. they the ones that have, the, they were evidently very good yeah. with the uh, oh. sling. Sure. And, and they could and, do it with both hands, it was said. Left handed, right handed.
1: What's, what's the name of that? Uh, space, what it's called? Uh, the, those war? The movies. What's it, John? Come on. Armageddon? Or, no, the no? movies with the space characters. Star Wars? Star Wars. Oh. And uh, he no, don't worry, Soapy. You can go back to sleep. John, want to talk? <laughs> anyway, so. I didn't forget Star Wars. Right, so Anyway, what I want to tell you is like Yoda. Yoda, the little guy with the funny little ears. That's know him, a, I do. Okay. Well, actually, that is a Hebrew word. Yoda. Yoda is a Hebrew word, and it means knowing. He's knowing. He's a knower. He's a knowing. I didn't say. A <laughs> knower. Annoying. I, said, I didn't say annoying. I said a knower. A, a that He's a person He's a little bit annoying. 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 And, and actually, the way he talks is kind of the way Hebrew is. Like, you know, happy I am lunch shall we have you know but so that's actually so he's actually talking a hebrew kind of dialect and his word and his name is knowing hmm. isn't that fascinating oh it is it is i'm trying to think of uh, a you're trying to think of something witty so, <laughs> you got all week tell
2: yeah, me next all week all right all right uh, well there we are biblical archaeology review please go to it, biblical, biblicalarchaeology.org uh huh Check out the information there and so on. You know, it's it's fascinating. And, of course, be as we go through the evening, we're going to give you chances to call in and win one of these four free subscriptions. Right. And
1: don't and, be afraid. Great we're weekend. not going to kill you with a stupid question. We're very, very – soapy is incredibly a marshmallow.
2: Ah, uh, right. I'm a – teddy bear really, yeah
1: so uh, so it will be something very simple cuz we want the uh, people to have these magazine subscriptions yeah. it's a one year subscription and i'm telling you you're going to
2: love the articles well what are we getting into we're we're into Tonight now we're about ezekiel. the book of ezekiel oh did we give out a phone number Three four zero nine five eighty five. i don't know if we gave it out but there wait, it is wait let
1: me write this down say that again
2: 340 oh i got it i got it now, that's the one thing we don't joke about. We don't mess with the phone number, yeah. <laughs> confuse folks, right? There
1: are people giving us thousands of dollars of gifts? No, so. <laughs> no. That's that's
2: three four zero ninety five eighty five. Give us a call anytime during the hour if you'd like. Maybe you have a question or a thought about the scriptures, about God's word, about. Uh, the things we've been talking about. Now, our reading schedule, <laughs> the reading schedule is uh, we're in the book of Ezekiel now. Uh-huh. Now, this, uh, oh, I told you right up wait, front, Jacob. Wait, before we go on, i got to tell you something. Really? Yes. Uh, one of the things
1: that's just last, Biblical Archaeology Magazine, mm-hmm. they have uncovered, uh, and there's an article about it, a cylinder, or so it's made out of some kind of metal, mm-hmm. from Babylon that talks about when the Jews were captured taken captive in Babylon, and when Cyrus sent him free and let him go back.
2: Hallelujah. So it
1: actually is something that was found. And it's in the magazine this last time.
2: All right. You can read about it. Biblical Archaeology Review. Biblicalarchaeology.org. And, of course, you can win these these free subscriptions, you'll enjoy those. Uh, tonight, we'll give away three or four, right? Is that the idea? I thought, Amanda? yeah, five if we need. Okay. Well, we're talking about Ezekiel. Now, I'll give what I know of Ezekiel. I was telling Jacob before the program, um, it always a little bit puzzles me. I really love the guy. I admire him greatly. He's a very talented fellow, Ezekiel is. He's a young man. He he uh, went over to Babylon, he's a contemporary of Jeremiah. The same time Jeremiah is over in Israel going through all of the difficulties and the trials and tribulations that he went through to try to warn the people of Israel and working with the corrupt political leadership and the religious uh, leaders and so on, Jeremiah is there trying to uh, influence them and to deliver them the word of God and God's instructions and guidance for them as a people trying to get them to turn, to repent, to turn back to God and to trust in God. Uh, Same way the people and preachers and and evangelists and folks are trying to do today with America, here in the mix, trying to call people. I I don't know if there's a deaf ear. I don't know if there's, yeah, I don't know what the dynamic in America, 300 and something million people I don't know. Are we listening? Uh, is is there even an acknowledgement that God is there? That He's speaking to the to the country? Well, that Jeremiah was in country doing that. Meanwhile, and we talked about Jeremiah at length, and and discussed his life and his ministry. At the same time, though, this fellow, this younger fellow, was over in Babylon, delivering more or less the same message of warning and and calling the people to repentance. But he he's uh, a different kind of personality he's a um, he 's an artistic fellow he sings he does theater street theater uh he uses a lot of theatrics in his ministry he laid on his side for i don 't know how many days and
1: uh, three hundred and ninety days on his left side and on his right side forty days yeah
2: and so he does these not sort that i 've got the notes in front of not me. That, not that the, the details are important right but in, in, the, in the um oh he just and he makes these imaginary trips in his imagination. Or in visions, God takes him to uh, Israel and he sees things there and, and admires things. And then finally, a part of the book of Ezekiel, he gets into a, an in-depth, detailed description of a new temple. The whole point, of course, is that the temple, uh, the, uh, so- temple of Solomon is going to be destroyed by, the, uh, by Nebuchadnezzar, by the Babylonians. That's
1: an important point.
2: I think so. That's no, why I said it. Well, <laughs> and and,
1: and, uh, and I, I just consider me the amen corner. Amen corner. Okay. Uh, because, actually, Ezekiel, this whole part of the beginning of Ezekiel, is he he's telling all the captured Jews in Babylon that this is going to happen. The temple has not been destroyed. Right. Oh, okay.
2: good, good. I'm glad. You, yeah, it hasn't. Well, I knew that's what you meant. <laughs> yeah. He is also like uh, Jeremiah. They're out in front of the events that they are describing. And so that that's, is an important detail. And he, uh, uh, he but wh- what is fascinating to me is, uh, is it half the book? I think it's. Either half or over half the book is given to this detailed description mm. of this new temple, right. a different temple, with, right. and, and it's got details about it that are just gorgeous. Uh, right. The river flows out of it. Of course, it's not like the, the Temple, the real temple. There, so in Jerusalem. Temple moment, didn't
1: have a river flowing out of it.
2: It didn't have a river flowing. Did uh, it? Are you sure about that? Oh, wait a minute. Okay, maybe I'm. No, I'm well, not... <laughs> not the kind of river that Ezekiel describes with these.
1: Okay, I'm just wondering. Right. right. Well,
2: well right. no, you go. You're you're, you're in the river. <laughs> uh. You're not going to get me out of this. like and in and this river of life, uh. Uh, and so on, and and the and the Dead Sea comes back to life. This it, is true. The Dead, Dead Sea uh, comes back to life and uh, produces life. Well, there's a lime. symbol for you. There it is. Uh, they exactly right. So anyway, we've got this long description of this temple and the point is is that that temple that he describes has never been realized. It's never been it 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 wasn't the temple that they rebuilt, you know, uh, 70 years later when it came back from. Uh, no. It wasn't the. I, I don't know if it's the temple that's being planned now. As a matter of fact, temple. I will
1: tell you, there is something called the Bible Institute. Mm-hmm. And if people want to Google it, they can. But before they do that, they should Google biblicalarchaeology.org. Biblical yes, I knew that. Uh, it was anyway, coming. But so the biblical institute <laughs> is a bunch of very orthodox Jews, rabbis, whatever. And they have got everything recreated. They've got everything. They're only waiting for the opportunity to construct this temple of Ezekiel.
2: And it's this very temple. Yes. Minus, I guess, the supernatural elements. Well, right.
1: Let's talk about
2: okay, that. like the river that comes. Oh, a river talking, oh, runs oh, through it. Is that where that movie, a river runs through it, comes from? No, a I don't
0: piece think. I've come
2: to know. Okay, beautiful song. I'll tell you, when we
1: come back, let's talk about the very first line of Ezekiel. See what in the world he's
2: talking. Okay, about. we'll get down to talking about the book itself. You can join us at three four zero ninety five eighty five. All things biblical. Uh, you can give us your points, your questions, your uh, opinions, anything uh, that you've seen recently that would help. Or maybe uh, just a question about the Bible and what it means to know and follow the, the God of the Scriptures. We'd love to hear from you. 340 9585. Don't you dare go away. I want you to meet my friends at the Laptop Specialist, pioneers since 1982 in serving the military, business, and personal computing needs of our city. Our ministry depends a lot on our computers, and whether it's repairs, service, upgrades, or even the purchase of a new machine, the James family and their great staff keep our equipment working, freeing us to do what we're called to do. Go to thelaptopspecialist.net or call 344-4563, 344-4563 for their two locations, the Laptop Specialist. Dr. Stan Shelton with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway has taken care of the dollar family That's
0: Well, Elizabeth and I went to Express Lube and our experience was fabulous. We got in and out of there in literally 20 minutes. When we went to where we had got our oil done before, it could take us two hours. The
1: service
3: was very friendly. You can really trust them.
1: They were super courteous. They vacuumed out the entire front of the car, which was surprising. Very I didn't expect nice. to receive that kind of service. And their name is their game.
3: Express Lube
0: is accurate for the name of their store.
2: And with 23 stores, there's an express lube near you. Nature's Factor carpet cleaning expert, Shayla James. What makes Nature's Factor better than the older carpet cleaning process?
3: Older systems saturate your carpet, leaving your space unusable, sometimes for up to a day because of their long dry times, plus leaving you with the risk of fungus and the dangerous chemicals left in your carpet. With Nature's Factor, our quick dry time makes your home or office space usable almost immediately, while our green solutions eliminate the possibility of fungus and are perfectly safe for your children and
2: pets. Nature's Factor, carpet cleaning for the 21st century, 831-3535. Some Christians don't spend much time reading or studying the Old Testament because
0: they think it has nothing to say to them today. But the Old Testament is threaded with pictures of Jesus Christ and relevant lessons. That's why on Through the Bible Radio, Dr. J. Vernon McGee teaches both the Old and New Testaments. We take five years to go from Genesis to Revelation, weaving back and forth from old to new. Why not join us and catch a glimpse of some of these truths as Dr. McGee vividly explains what's in it for us. Through the Bible with J. Vernon McGee, weekday mornings at 6 on AM 630 KSLR.
2: There is hope for every man A solid place where we can stand Welcome back, everyone. I was hitting buttons like crazy trying to let you know that. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. There you go. We are back. Jacob and I are in the studio. Uh, Someone's just called in. Uh, Of course, John took out a minute to run down the hallway. And just as he left, the phone rang. Wouldn't you know it? That'd be great. So perfect timing. But we are going to bring our caller up on the air.
1: Uh, I don't know how to do that. I I I just told him to hang on. Oh, okay. That's Uh, good. Okay, well, John, come please back, hang on John, and John
2: will return. Uh, uh, that sounds biblical, doesn't it? John will return. Um, so <laughs> here he comes. So anyway, we'll get our list, our first caller up on the line here real quick and talk about it. But here we are getting now into the book of Ezekiel. We're looking at the message of this uh, street minister uh, and this gifted art, art, artistic Individual and some of the message he laid on his side, like God, Jacob was saying. Maybe that's one of my questions for you tonight. Is, is we're going to ask you a few questions and give you a chance to answer them. Ezekiel in his book, uh, if you can look in chapter four, three and four, it describes it. Ezekiel lays on his left side, and if I remember correctly, he's not particularly dressed. Uh, is he? He's not naked, is he? Well, uh, you you might. His, He's in a comfortable clothes. His, his after <laughs> that reminds me. This week, I went to a, I went to several banquets this week. I was invited to several ministry uh, fundraiser it? banquets uh-huh. and so on. And one of them said uh, that the the attire was was after five attire ah. on, on the invitation. Uh-huh. And and I I was remarking to my family that. I came out in my pajamas and I said, "They don't realize this is my after five attire," and uh, they got to kick out. We all, we all laughed. I'm enjoying like. the story,
1: but but you are right. It's chapter four, <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> but it's chapter four, verse four well, and five. Folks, I'm the kite. Jim is the string. You know, this is, this is what happens. I get pulled back into the. Uh, I'm the kite, he's the string. Okay, well, here we are in, yeah. in this chapter 3 yes. and 4. Yes. Ezekiel lays on his left side for 390 days. Okay, let's ask Lee in his after the five caller, attire.
1: How many days he left, left laid on his left side so he can win the magazine?
2: No, 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 that's no, not my question. I, mean, I, I, mean I want to ask Lee a more difficult question because Lee Why? is a biblical scholar. Yes, I know he Lee. is. He 340 days on his right side. That's a Total of four hundred and thirty days that he uses, and he's illustrating that Israel would. Oops. Well, okay. Come on. He's illustrating so- that Israel is going to be under Gentile control for how many years? Three hundred and ninety days on his left side, and forty days on his right side. And he's. It, it's actually a, a a kind of a dramatized prophecy that Israel is going to be under Gentile control. For how many years? That is my question, and we're going to take that to Lee tonight as we bring him up on the. Let me see if I can find the right button to push. Lee, are you with us tonight?
0: Absolutely. I heard you talking about me behind
2: my back.
1: <laughs> well, I was talking in front of your face, behind your back. <laughs> what, what you that's out? right. Okay.
2: What you turn your back. You know, that's, that's easily solved. What, what's going on? <laughs> okay. what? What do you got on your mind tonight? Well, uh, I was in our uh, Bible class on Revelation tonight at church, and it
0: was mentioned that the city of Babylon is actually being rebuilt to conform to uh, some passages in Revelation. And I wanted to, since we're talking about archaeology, can you confirm that? And who's rebuilding it? And where are we on that? On well, the on I, the progress? I, of that?
2: My take or my understanding was that uh, what was the late. Uh, What's his name? The head of it? Saddam Hussein. Saddam Hussein was yes, right. was at the time trying to rebuild not only that city, but he believed but he was reincarnation. He's of the Nebuchadnezzar. reincarnation of Nebuchadnezzar, trying to recapture the glory of the Babylonian Empire and so on. Now, if I understand is correct, Babylon, according to biblical uh, uh, pro- prophecy, is never to be rebuilt, and so that's, that's what say. I thought. And I,
0: I, I was looking for. I was waiting for you guys. And I couldn't find it. I didn't, my concordance doesn't show it. But do you know what passage that is? Okay. And then you
2: explain yeah.
1: the dichotomy. Don't so, so explain yourself.
2: Well, I, I, I can't. This is a, a terrible... A, a, I have a Bible in front of me, but it's not my normal study Bible. Uh-huh. And I, I was counting on my concordance, my uh-huh. Hebrew concordance here named Jacob, to remember <laughs> where that pro- prophecy is that it, Babylon would not be rebuilt. Uh, it's going to show up in Ezekiel as we study on. There we go. See, I knew that. OK, we we're in Ezekiel and I knew there was a reason Jacob was here. So yeah. uh, do you know why I
1: never get invited to these buffets that you're talking?
2: About? Uh, I know I, I, I never buff- get invited. my body. I got good table manners. Did you tell them a buffet my body? Right. Ezekiel laid on his left side for three hundred and ninety days, Lee, and on his yes, right sir. side for 40 days to illustrate that Israel would be under Gentile control. For how many years? 430. 430 years. Do you happen to know when that 430 years is measured or or takes place? Oh, I should know that. I I suspect you do. Um. Do you know who the last uh, king... do they consider Jehoiakim a, a king? Jehoiakim, yeah. Okay, then uh, the last king was Jehoiakim. If we look in the b- books of the of the the, uh, the kings, and, and we see how he fell, uh, of course during the time of Jeremiah and so on, and we know when that was. Five ninety seven was when he was taken into exile, and then we see that a, uh, Israel was under Gentile control. Until 167 uh, B.C., 167 B.C., that's when the Maccabees rebelled and reestablished Jewish, Jewish what, control What does the word Maccabee Israel. mean? What is the word Maccabee? Yeah. I don't know.
1: Uh, Lee, do you have any idea it's a Hebrew word? Do you know what the word Maccabee means?
0: Well, something to do with rebellion, I can't remember
1: exactly. Well, it could be rebellion. Uh, it means hammer. In oh, fact, hammer! Is is Judah Maccabee, Judah the Hammer? The Hammer, all right. It's like a, a guy that advertises on TV. Hey, call the Hammer. You know? Well, see, I go back further than that.
2: Thought, <laughs> yeah, okay. Hey, you can't touch this. Can't touch. <laughs> this. You, know, yeah. the you can't, you can't give out another advertisement. Come on. It's Hammer Time. Right. Anyway, anyway. So, and if you take that from five ninety-seven, when Jehoiakim was taken into exile, to one sixty-seven, what do you come up with? Four hundred and thirty years. It's, it's a perfect, uh, I mean, it was a very dramatized prophecy, but it came, came about perfectly, like biblical uh, prophecies are wont to do. And you know what's
1: fascinating about that, Soapy? Is that in chapter 4 of Ezekiel, verse uh-huh. 4, it says, uh, God tells uh, Ezekiel, lay on your left side, and and you will suffer for the sins of the house of Israel. And this is something that Jews really don't have, but listen closely what the next line is. You must bear their iniquity. Whoa! So it's almost a vicarious atonement, except for one thing.
2: Uh
1: Uh, He has to bear the iniquity, and that's different than sin. But uh, it's because he failed to do something. Do
2: something about it, you mean? No,
1: yes, uh huh. And then on, and on, when he lays on his side for 40 days, that's for Judah and Judah's iniquity. Uh huh. And so what, uh, whatever Israel did was a whole lot worse because 390 and it's one day for each year. Sure. In fact, it says uh, he will lay on the, the years of their iniquity uh, for you to corresponding to the number of the days. And then it says, You will bear the iniquity of Israel for 390 days. And then it says Judah, 40 days.
2: Okay, now Israel, we're talking about the ten northern tribes that exactly broke away so. after exactly uh, Solomon so. died. Yeah, exactly. And in Judah, we're talking about Judah and Benjamin uh, exactly. in the south that remained exactly. true to the Davidic sure. lineage and ancestry and so and on. And
1: it doesn't forgive the sins of them, but he has to bear the iniquity. Because, hmm. you know, Ezekiel is a is a, I don't know if you know this, but a uh, Hebrew priest, like in Leviticus, the Hebrew word for that is Kohen. Every once in a while you meet some Jews Cohen, with the last yeah. name Kohen. That means priest. Mm-hmm. And
2: so on. And, and he's been 22 years. And All right. He, bless you, Lee. Take care, oh, thank uh, you. Take take two pills <laughs> and call us back next week.
0: Hey, uh, Okay, well, sometime maybe we can uh, dig more into that Babylon
2: thing. Say again. He's a winner. Uh, he is a winner, yeah. You did get it exactly right, and would you like for us to put you in our list of winners for? Would you like to receive a free subscription to Biblical Archaeology Review for the next year? I would be honored. That sounds exciting. It really is. Well, I would a great, love that. Great uh, magazine and a great review. It's, it's really more of a journal. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, mm, an intellectual journal. They, I mean, it's really excellent. I, I know you'll enjoy it, Lee. So I'm going to don't. When we do finish our conversation, don't hang up, please. And uh, we'll uh, put you on hold. Don't and hang up. John, John will take the try information try to figure from out,
1: once again, how to put you where John can get your name and all that.
2: Hey, one quick question. On verse 8, it says,
0: God, and surely I will constrain you so that you cannot turn from one side to another till you have ended the days of your age. What does that mean? What, wow. how, how?
2: That is a detail
1: that I had skipped. Well, yeah, what that means is because he's bound. And so he's physically bound, oh. so he can't turn. And what that means is is that they will be held as slaves. It's symbolism. I see. And- oh, I get it. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Yeah.
2: Excellent. Excellent. Thank you for calling in. We're well, good to hear from you. Welcome. We're having again, a program. It. Don't hang up.
0: I will not, sir.
2: Thank you. God bless you guys. Well, Lee is one. Uh, he's our first winner of the Biblical Archaeology Review subscription. If you'd like to have a free year subscription, give us a call three four zero. 95, 85. I guess I better get out another question. That was interesting about the well, four hundred. I want to talk about years. the first
1: line, remember? We, we promised for when I break we'd do that.
2: Do you want to uh, make it a question so we can have a yeah, caller in sure, a winner? Why not?
1: Okay, let's Go ahead this. and do it. Okay, listen to this. Okay. Uh, he's, a, he's a cohen. We know he's a priest. Mm-hmm. The very first line, and of course, is the famous line about the, the so-called chariot and all that business. Oh, so I, listen, I love that one, yeah. But listen to this. Chapter 1, verse 1. What do you mean the so-called chariot, by the way? Well, that's, that's it's something else. It's not okay. a chariot. It's a, what's it? actually, it's mechavah. Are we talking about the wheel within a wheel? Yeah.
2: yeah. Oh, okay. That's not but a chariot. Anyway, You're right. Let's
1: do question. Okay. Chapter 1, verse 1. Uh-huh. It says in the uh, 30th year on the fifth day of the fourth month.
2: Uh, very detailed, right? Come on.
1: Okay. What 30th year? Everybody's going to recognize what this is, but as you read it, you think, okay, 30th year. So big deal. But everybody, when I tell what it is, everybody will know
2: exactly what it is. Is it 30th year from, hmm, Are you going to answer
1: be? the question, soapy
2: No, I was going to ask. I'm uh-huh. guessing already in my mind. I'm thinking, what, 30th year know. from what? Know. Okay, go ahead. Go from ahead, what? Ahead. That's
1: the key. From what?
2: Yeah. Hmm. What up? What up? Go ahead. Okay.
1: So at any rate, and uh, a, then, of course, we come to that what's uh, it's called the hasmal, which is uh in Merkabavah, the tanks in Israel are called uh, Merkovah, mm-hmm. which is the word for chariot named after this thing in Ezekiel because they 're like chariots, you see, mm-hmm. so that 's interesting point well it, it is and so um, there's something about this and everybody knows that uh the this in uh, chapter 1 verse 10 it has four faces each mm-hmm. one has four faces mm-hmm. so if somebody could name two of the faces they could be a winner real easy
2: okay chapter 1 verse 10 uh, there is this uh this appearance of this um would you call it, a creature uh uh, the Several figures actually. Well, do you want
1: me to tell you what it's about, really?
2: Yes, please. Okay,
1: what is it? It's a divine presence of God. It's just what you call a Shekinah. I guess in Hebrew it would be Shekinah, but Shekinah.
2: Shekinah glory, yes. Uh-huh.
1: Okay, so you're familiar with that? In other words, it left the temple. And the message is uh, as and just summarizing is that the divine presence went with the Jews into exile, so it left the temple. And uh, so that the temple would then be able to be destroyed.
2: I see. Now, I didn't I knew about it leaving. Remember, there was a beautiful scene at the dedication of the Solomonic temple when it was dedicated and the glory of God, the Shekinah glory descended upon the temple. And they had this incredible day of worship and experience of God's presence there. Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing that the 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 glory leaves the temple in this era. And you're saying, now I've always kind of interpreted it just because of the sin of the people and so on, the judgment. Well, but
1: actually, no, This the Jews understand this to be, and I mean, they wrote it. I mm-hmm. assume they got a good idea what it is. So it's, a, and actually, sometimes these lines, believe it or not, even in the Talmud uh, commentaries, are never translated because it's divine. So it's a divine idea, but in there is a throne. hmm and on that throne is the Shekinah, the Shekinah. anyway, so uh so you were seeing something divine, but the idea is that it was coming with the exiled Jews, so it would not be the divine presence the Shekinah like it led them from Egypt to through the desert to israel
2: There was yeah uh,
1: so and uh, so it's uh, by the way it's a female, and so um it it actually uh left with the Jews, and the idea is that it went with the Jews into exile. The temple has now been mm. abandoned because it's been taken over by, you know, pagan worshipers. So that would allow it to be destroyed.
2: Okay, so we're going to come back to the idea. It's the 30th year and the 5th year from what? You're going to talk about that. Yes, but and you're going to recognize it immediately. I, I guess, I'm guessing I will. But we have this image. First, there's this storm, a storm of wind coming from the north. A great cloud with fire flashing from the north, it, of course, would have been from the direction uh, that Babylon attacked Jerusalem, right, from the north, ah, from yep, Israel. Yep. And then uh, there's this: uh, these four figures resembling four living beings, and they had a human form, but each of them had four faces and four wings. Their legs were straight, and their feet were like calves' hooves, and they gleamed with burnished bronze, like burnished bronze. Under their wings, on their four sides, were human hands. As for the faces and wings of the four of them, uh, their wings touched one another. The faces did not turn when they moved. Each went straight forward. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I don't know if you're able to picture this in your mind or not. As for the form of their faces, each had the face of a man. All four had the face of a lion. Oh, I'm not supposed to tell this, am I? Well, we're, we Maybe ask you the question, listening. we ask you the question, what were the faces on the this being here? This that's being described, these four beings, uh, what were the faces that were there? It's in chapter one. That's right there in chapter one, verse 10 Uh, uh verse 10. Yeah. Such were their faces. Uh, verse 11 says. And so give us the uh, the the pictures. Give us, give us the faces that were on these individuals. Do we just give them, the, tell us to give us one of the faces One or, or two, all four? whatever. Yeah. Okay, one, one or two one. of the faces. We'll we'll, we'll be gracious yeah. there. Yeah. And now, now I've got to jump on this. Uh, a listener is just calling now, but one of the things that I think that comes out of Ezekiel, one of the principal points that I, I at least have got, and I've already admitted to you, Jacob, Ezekiel's a little puzzling to me. I don't get it all together, but... It seems like one of the key points is that okay, God is telling the people of Israel that it's not about the temple anymore. In a way, He's saying, "I'm with you wherever you are. Yes. You you don't have to be in Jerusalem or at the temple." Kind of this, but from now, the point is is that uh, I am with you. Even here in 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 uh, exile, over yes. here in Babylon, yeah. I'm sure. with you, uh-huh. and uh, and for that that's that's that beautiful picture of the wheel within the wheel and so on. I like that imagery that imagery as well. Uh, that wherever you go, there I, you're in my presence, and that's one of the great lessons. I think it comes from the book of Deut- uh, of uh, Ezekiel, and that we should know that today, uh, Christians and believers, the followers after the Lord, all should realize that God is with us wherever we go. We um, a wonderful Psalm 139 comes to mind. If I descend to the to the grave, if I rise to the heights of heaven, and so on, you're with me wherever I am. Beautiful, beautiful truth that is very, very important for us. God is omnipresent. We don't have to go to a certain place, do a pilgrimage somewhere. We 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 can meet Him wherever we are. Uh, great, great truth from the scriptures. Do we have? I um, Tammy is online. Let me let me get bring her up on the line with us. Hi, Tammy. How are you tonight? It was Here going to try voice. to
3: answer Jacob's question about the thirtieth year.
2: The thirtieth year from what? Yes, that well, is. Well, I don't
3: know. Well, I don't know from what, and he may be looking at something different. But it's the thirtieth year of the fifty year There's a a cycle of the Shemitah years, and then after seven Shemitah years, seven, seven, seven. Uh-huh. It's 49, and then on the 50th year, that's the year of Jubilee, which we're in now, and that's the 30th year of the 50-year Jubilee cycle, and then it says it's in the in the Hebrew month of Tammuz. But I don't know if that's what you're looking
2: for. Is that the right answer, kind of? It's not what he was looking for. A what a great are, answer, I, now it came about in the, the wrong question. <laughs> what we're talking about is it, it, the first verse of Ezekiel says it came about in the 30th year on the fifth day of the fourth month, the, the month that Tammy there cites, while I was by the river of Chabar among the exiles uh, over in Babylon, the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. And uh, on the fifth of the month in the fifth year of King Jehoiakim's exile. The word of the Lord came expressly to Ezekiel. Okay, so no, okay. Um, that's not the correct answer. That's to, but fine. My guess no, is, Tammy, okay. you know at least one of the faces that appeared on this in fir- this first vision.
3: That's okay, Sophie. I just called to answer
1: that one. Okay. Oh, wait, don't go yet because you said something else. Uh, I would. Uh, I, I caught it when you said it.
2: You caught his imagination.
1: Tim. Yeah. What year is this? On the. Uh, Jewish calendar, Tammy. What year is this? I mean, this not, is fifty. But the fiftieth year idea. This is the year of the jubilee, and we're in the year of the jubilee. Yes, she's right. Right now, right now, this is right now. That's right. Tammy's right about that. This is the year of the jubilee. Last year was the what they call the great shemitah. You know, forty-nine years. Uh-huh.
2: This is the year of the jubilee.
1: And so she's 100% about it, and I caught
2: that when she said that, she's well, she's so 100%. Well, we should give her a, a prize, right?
1: Well, would you like a prize?
2: Sure. Would Absolutely you like idea. one of these free subscriptions? Now, you have to read it every week and write a report now and send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we ought to address the 30th of the year business. Okay, we will. But I'm not going to put you on uh, – I'm not going to hang up then, Tammy. I'm going to put you on hold, and John is going to take down some information you'll you'll really enjoy Biblical Archaeology Review.
3: I will. I will be honored. And I was going to say, in in fact, I'll put a plug in. Um, There's a Christian pastor in uh, New Jersey, and he has done, his name is Jonathan Kahn, and he's written books. The first one that he wrote is called The Harbinger, and then the second is called The Mystery of the Shemitah.
2: People everywhere told me I've got to read that. Yeah,
3: the and Shemitah? they're really
2: Shmita. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the, the second. The
3: seven-year cycles, but um yes, he's he he believes in he he's a he's a Christian. He It's a it's I don't know his his testimony, um, but he is, there, he, 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 he is he is a Jew. Originally,
1: by, was I mean, he's Jewish, right?
3: He was a Jew by birth, or he is a Jew by birth. But he, he said the little snippet that I got was that he was basically an atheistic Jew, and he came to know Jesus, and now
2: he's preaching for Jesus. So
3: it, that. it's it's quite an awesome story. That?
2: So he's he's a Jew so. now for sure. Well, that's that's. That it, People everywhere, even my mechanic, I went to my mechanic one time with the little cartridge, was telling you've got to read the Harbinger. you just got to read it. He had a copy <laughs> So really, this caught the imagination of a lot of people. So the Harbinger, and you're saying there's a second one now called the Shemitah. Okay. No, it's called the Mystery of the Shemitah. The Mystery of the Shemitah. And I
1: will tell you this, since you brought that up, at the end of this Jubilee year, on what you would call the, I think it's called the, in English the Festival of Booths, I think. Okay. Uh, in Hebrew, that would be called uh, Sukkot. No, it's fes- Festival of Tabernacles,
3: Feast Ta- of
1: Tabernacles. Feast of Tabernacles in English, okay. And, uh, uh, but in, in Hebrew, it's called uh, Sukkot. And on this Sukkot that's coming up, the we don't there's no Israel, king in Israel at this time, so they have other dignitaries do it. But all Net, Netanyahu, of,
2: Netanyahu doesn't fill the bill, huh?
1: I, I think he'll be one of the readers. Okay. But he will be doing and they'll have other Israelis doing it. Um Exactly what Jesus did that you're familiar with under the name of the Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mountain, And He's you teaching see, teaching the Torah. That's right. And you'll find reference to this. I hope I'm getting this right. And Tammy, you may correct me. I think the reference to this is in Deuteronomy 31, 10 through 12. Where they are so, told to read
2: uh, uh, every. What Jesus is doing
1: is Sermon on the Mountain It was not a first time event. It can only be done by the king, but since there's not a king, they fill it in until they get a king, I guess. So mm-hmm. it's Deuteronomy 31, 10 to 12, I believe. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll check it out yes. for sure. Yes, yes, it is. So
3: it I, is? Just, I Googled it. Oh, and, Googled. And, uh, Yeah, Moses commanded them saying at the end of every seven years in the following thom- the thom- 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 solemnity of the year of release in the Feast of Tabernacles when all Israel is come to appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose thou shalt read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Aha. gather the people together, men and women and children and thy stranger that is within thy gates that they may hear and that they may learn and fear the Lord your God and observe to do all the words of this law
1: Now when Jesus is doing sermon on the mountain, that's what the king has always done.
2: so And commanded to do, yes. And
1: commanded to And when Joshua crosses over after a couple of years, however long it took, he then does yes. it. Mm-hmm. And in the book of Kings, you'll find a reference to it. So he's there, So And this is.
2: That's what Josiah, young King Josiah, is doing whenever they rediscover the scriptures. Exactly and so. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: And so you just hit on it. Uh, the thirtieth year. What he's referring? Oh, no. turn dreams. that off. Is the thirtieth year of At, after they found the scroll under the King Josiah? Oh, oh. ah, oh,
2: good. How about that? Well, I accidentally okay. bumped on, into Tammy, the answer. In, then, no, Tammy, don't go away. Okay. Okay. All right. We're going to come back in just a few minutes for our final segment, the Bible Live program for this evening. We are fa- basically looking at the book of Ezekiel, which is, I would say, uh, a little bit of an unknown piece of scripture to a lot of uh, uh, a biblical, you know, God's people here in these times. Stay with us. 340-9585. Awesome. It's
0: all because of Jesus I'm alive. It's all because
1: the blood of Jesus Christ.
2: This is the Bible Live with Soapy
3: Dolly. Thanks for
2: joining us. This is our final segment for the Bible Live this evening, the quiz show. We're putting out some questions you can call in and answer and discuss things about this remarkable individual, this prophet named Ezekiel, and this uh, remarkable book of Ezekiel in which uh, over half of it, we hadn't kind of gotten into it yet. We talked about the earlier chapters where he describes this temple, and um, Jacob may be able to give us some light. I told him going into the program tonight that Ezekiel is a book. I love it. Uh, there's some wonderful lessons about uh, God's omnipresence, about his holiness, and some er, some wonderful things in it. It's not that I was meaning that the book is not useful. It really is. But there's there's a puzzle to it for me, especially with this description of this temple. I'm not quite sure where that was going. Is that is that a temple that's going to exist? The Jews understand idealized? that
1: will be the third temple, and it will be built to these dimensions.
2: <laughs> okay. And, and you're saying that prefab, it's already been ready and ready to put up?
1: The architectural plans have been drawn in the early part
2: of Ezekiel's career. Okay. Really? Yeah. Well, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. You're talking about the architectural plan. Exactly. Okay. Now then, uh, the other question I was going to ask you. you well, you in fact, just since you brought that up,
1: John says I should tell you this. Yeah. Uh, you know, a, a few years ago, and I heard this with my own ears. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, they were been searching for things. Now, we all know that the Ark of the Covenant, if the stories are true, can only be carried by Levites, right? Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we've got all these stories that they, uh, other folks can't carry them. So if the Levites did not carry the Ark out of Israel, then it must still be in Israel. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, using all that information, I will tell you, a few, a number of years ago, must be 20 years ago, I don't know, uh, they did start an excavation going down from, you know, there's the mosque up there. But 100 feet, 160 feet to the east, I believe, is uh, and 60 feet down, they did find a stone trap door. And inside the mountain, Israel was exploring. And they didn't touch the mosque. They leave their religious uh-huh, stuff alone. Uh-huh. But they went down in there, and there's a staircase cut inside the mountain. Well, they sent some soldiers down in there and with a few rabbis. Now, I heard the rabbi when he came up, and I'm going to tell you exactly what he said. Because okay. look- they were looking for the ark. When they came up, one of the reporters said, did you find the ark? And he said, I've been asked by the state of Israel and the government to not say if the ark is down there. I can only tell you we're not looking for it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I, every time I hear that story, I just think, that, what a perfect answer. But here's, okay, but I will tell you the one thing, all the artifacts, everything is made. Everything, they're ready to do the temple, Ezekiel's temple. However, um, if uh, there's one thing, as I understand, there's still lacking. And that's locating the actual breastplate that the head priest would wear.
2: Uh, the what they call uh, the word we have is uh, in the scriptures is the breastplate, but it's called. There's a special name given to it. The, uh, the ephod is that the same thing? Well, actually, not.
1: But it's close enough. Is the ephod enough. the stones that are on? Well, yeah. But see, okay, those stones, that breastplate, I'll uh-huh. call it. You see, that's got twelve different stones on it. Each uh-huh. stone represents a tribe. And it's sort—it's got a hinge at the bottom, so it opens up, you see. And so you put God's name in between, and then you close it back up. Well, the breastplate with his twelve stones, you—when the chief priest, only what they call the Kohen Gadal, the mm-hmm. head priest, mm-hmm. when he's in there in the Holy of Holies, he could ask in front of the ark, because the sh- the sh- between on the ark between the angels. Doesn't like the Shekinah. Right. So and he's
2: only in the Holy of Holies one time. One time a year. A year.
1: And But he could ask a question. The Day of Atonement. Yes. And he'd have to ask, structure the question in a certain way. Now, so God's name is in the breastplate. It's got an mm-hmm. instant of it, so it opens up like sort of like a pair of scissors, and then it closes. Okay. And you put God's name in there. And then, uh, then you ask a question like, what tribe should lead this battle? And what will happen is the light, say Judah, would flash on the breastplate. So they got their answer that way. Now, if you want to see how that works, uh, go to the old movie, Close Encounters of the Third Kind.
2: Is that right?
1: And Steven Spielberg, who obviously by his name must be Irish, uh, (laughs) he says... If you watch they have that organ out there and the spaceship uh, comes down and, goes, and they got those colors. Uh-huh. And those are the twelve colors of the tribes. So he goes dun, 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 and the and the spaceship goes down and they go and they start going back and forth. That is actually how it worked. I'll be. And like I say, obviously he's Irish his name is Spielberg, you know.
2: Is this uh, about the Jewish control of Hollywood and yeah. <laughs> No. No, we're not going to. The, okay. a- the aliens control Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: All anyway, right. So let's get but that's just an interesting point.
2: Okay. Well then uh yeah there's just so much that comes out of this in uh, this particular great book of Ezekiel. Uh what would be the great lessons that let's say Hebrew or Jewish uh people what what did you take from mm-hmm. the book of Ezekiel? What are the great spiritual Points a or couple of things. Okay.
1: Okay, so we know Ezekiel's having these prophecies. They're matching Jeremiah's, all that kind of business. So, But the m- most important thing is this punishment is a punishment of limited duration. Mm-hmm. Now, you got, of course, you've got Daniel going over. you got all this 70-year business. Okay, so
2: Ezekiel now. is declaring the same message of Jeremiah in the sense of, of yes. judgment of God yes. is going to fall. You're going to be taken there's out. There's a punit, so, punishment.
1: Yes. There's a penalty. Mm-hmm.
2: But you say, what's the most
1: important thing Is, is? Well, it's more than one. One is that God goes with you. But two, it's an everlasting covenant. God does not break his word to Israel. Uh, You'll find that actually in chapter 16, starting at verse uh, 60, 1660. And it goes on, his covenant is everlasting. And he says, so there is punishment for breaking my rules, God's laws. But after that, I don't break the rest of the word. You repent, you come back, we go back to Israel. So... I know a lot of people may think that that third temple may not be necessary, but from what I read, if the Bible is correct and true, it does seem like that it's supposed to come back. And then the, one of the other things is it really makes it clear is that God says uh, in uh, chapter 18, he says, uh, uh, all souls are mine. I do not punish the Father for the sins of the Son, nor mm-hmm. the sins "...of the Son upon the Father." Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so you get the true idea that I know there are religious thoughts by some folks that uh, there's inherited sin or passed down sin. In Jewish thought, only merit is passed down, no sins. So, and what it's saying here, it's making it real clear, is that uh, it says, all souls are mine. This is uh, 18.3. As I live, says the Lord God. Now, I want to tell you a little secret. When you're reading in your Bible and it has both the word like in English, Lord God, Lord God. God comes from the word in the beginning of the Bible, Elohim, which means the guy of judgment, okay? Mm -hmm. When it says Lord, it's actually Yod, He, Vav, He in Hebrew. When you put them together, he's a God of judgment and a God of mercy. That's what that's meaning to say. So when he creates the world in Genesis and he says Elohim, He's a judgment because he's ordering things he's creating, see? And then in chapter 2, for the first time, we run into the name yod He vav He which means mercy. Now, so when you're reading this, 18.3, says, As I live, says the Lord God, uh, this parable uh, will not be quoted anymore in Israel. All souls are mine, the soul of the parent and the soul of the child. They are mine only the person that sins shall die. Wow. So there's no sins cannot be passed down in Jewish thought, and I'm going to maintain in the Bible itself, your sins are yours. Now, if you sin, you, you know, there's some religious thought out there in different branches even Christianity that there's such a thing as passed down sin. It it doesn't say that. It's never said that. In fact, mm. it's quite the opposite. It's that sins cannot be passed down. Only if the child replicates the sin does the
2: child get yeah, a, a long. The, the whole chapter is a long analysis and of that process of how God does not okay. judge children on the basis of their father's sins and so on.
1: And I will tell you where some of this idea comes from. It comes from the Ten Commandments. It, it's a. am sorry to say, it's kind of a misreading by, let's say, non-Hebrew readers. But theologically, Christians have done very, very well by understanding what it means when it says, uh, I forgive to a thousand generations, but I punish those who hate me, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. So, and it says, I placed, and they got the line in the Ten Commandments that reads like, I place the sins of the father upon the children. And that mentions that. So people might read that and say, oh, well, the children get punished for what the parents do. That is not what that means. It means quite the opposite. It means I take a look. If a child does a sin, let's say he's 10 years old. Let's say he's 15. And he does something. God looks at that as what that's really meaning. And says, is, now is that that child's sin or is that that father's sin? So I hate to put it like this, but for simplicity purposes I'll say, in that instance, God grades on a curve. Because mm-hmm. he looks and he says, I look to see whose sin it is. Because children tend to replicate what they're taught. And so it says, I uh, the, I place the sins of the fathers. And, and then he says, I... Uh, I forgive to a thousand generations, or uh, through a thousand generations, what it's meaning to say is what it says other places. For example, you you'll catch the phrase in uh, with Abraham when he goes, the guy goes down to Sodom and Mm -hmm, mm Gomorrah. Look what he's saying. He says, "I shall go down and see their sins. I'm going to go down and look and say who's doing the sin and who isn't." In other words, it's telling us God doesn't just blast everybody. He goes down to see who's the guy that's doing the sin. And that's what the Ten Commandments are really referring to. And that's why this is replicated here. It's saying only the one that sins, he dies, not the innocent mm-hmm. guy.
2: Well, that is that is one of the major points that I get, at least from the book of Ezekiel, uh, uh, <clears throat> is that we do see this... <clears throat> It seems like what is being described is this, this unsolvable conflict between these two opposing impulses within within the Godhead, within God himself. There is this, in, this remarkable love. God is love. God cares. God desires the best for human beings. He loves us. And yet, on the other hand, th- he is holiness. That he is righteous and holy and just, and therefore he can't just kind of willy-nilly say, "Oh, I'm going to forgive you." Oh, not you, because even if he says, "I," because you're sincere, uh, and you're not even that, uh, even we wouldn't even do that. If you went down to a court here in San Antonio, and let's say some criminal uh, harmed your family, or killed someone in your family, or murdered, or something, and and in and, and you're wanting justice in your family you're hoping that the the court will give justice and and, and he he's convicted of the crime he did it but if the judge says yeah you know you I think you you didn't really mean to do it and you you've said you're sorry and i i'm going to let you off i'm not going to do that well i mean there would be this howl of re, of of complaint that's not just that's not just we don't that would not be right. You know, the 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 law is the law and the law needs to be well, let's applied listen to this line. But let me, let me just oh, I'm just sorry, kind I'm of sure. finish that point is yeah. that we the same thing. We have this conflict within God here. And, and Ezekiel talks about it there. This love conflicting with the justice of God. And of course, that's one of the things that we and that's one of the reasons we point to Messiah and to the cross. And there is this. That's the solving of that conflict because at the cross is the perfect expression of both God's justice as his judgment is poured out on sin and his love as it is uh, substitutionary atonement that is an expression of our ability to then by trusting in Messiah we can be forgiven. And It's just a beautiful picture to me. And I think I, that's the way I've looked at Ezekiel 18 there that you're talking about. And it ends up the whole chapter with, Okay, all of this being true, God is there, he's just, he's holy, he does judge and he wants he he requires holiness and righteousness, but also he's full of mercy and forgiveness and love. And what is the takeaway from that is repent. You know, for and if you look at the end of the chapter, the whole the final verses are all spent talking about okay, God has made a provision. God is holy. Yes, He's judgment. but He's also forgiving. Right. Repent. Turn away from your sin. Turn to God. Yeah. uh,
1: Eight twenty-one. Uh-huh. Now the wicked, if he repents of all his sins, keeps my statutes Mm -hmm. and acts justly and righteously, will certainly live and not die. Will not die. Now I understand that this is from the Christian perspective, a long time before Jesus. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But God se- clearly is saying, if you repent, that's good enough for me. Right. At, at the least. principle is there, yeah. So, And it says, so he will not die. And it says in 23, none of his previous sins will be remembered. He will live in righteousness. But And if you, what's fascinating to me is, look back at fourteen, eight fourteen. 814. Your, I don't know if you want to read that. Sure,
2: that. sure. Chapter 8, verse 14, or 18, 14?
1: No, uh, chapter 18, uh, 18,
2: 14. Now behold, he has a son who has observed all his father's sins which he committed, and observing does not do likewise. He does not eat at the mountain shrines, or lift up his eyes to the idols of the house of Israel, or defile his neighbor's wife, or oppress anyone, or, or, excuse me, or retain a pledge, <coughs> Or commit robbery, for he gives his bread to the hungry and covers the naked with clothing. He keeps his hand from the poor, does not take interest or increase, but executes ordinances and walks in my statutes. He will not die for his father's iniquity. Uh-huh. He will surely live.
1: Right. And, and then over in uh, 1830, sums up, I say, therefore, I will judge each man according to his ways. The house of Israel says the Lord God. Mm-hmm. And remember, whenever it says the Lord God, exactly what you said, it's. Judgment and mercy, mm-hmm. okay? So, uh, repent from your ways and all your sins. Now, what in the world were they doing wrong? If you want to quickly see the answer, look over in chapter 20. Okay. I know it's supposed to go up to 22 tonight, so this gets us almost there. Sure, yeah. So, I'll look at what it says. In chapter 20, in uh, verse, let's see, I think the first is eleven. Uh,
2: I gave them my statutes and informed them of my ordinances by which if a man observes them, he will live. And also I gave them my Sabbaths to be a sign between me and them that they might know that I am the Lord who sanctifies them. Right. So what you've got is, is,
1: so what they were doing wrong, and and it even clarifies it better in uh, what you're supposed to do for uh, writing to the Jews here. Uh, in 18, is in 1820. Mm-hmm. Sanctify my Sabbaths and let it be a sign between me and you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what he's saying is they broke his laws and his laws is where we would call, is where sin comes from in our, in our modern sure, culture. Sure, sure. And, uh, but and see, if you go down to verse uh, 16, since they had rejected my laws, eight, 18, I'm sorry, 2016, uh-huh. since they rejected my laws, not followed my statutes, and profaned my Sabbaths, their heart followed after idols. Now, let me ask you in the version you're using when it says ordinances and statutes, why? It's not the same thing
2: rejected my ordinances, and as for my statutes, they did not walk in them. Uh-huh. They even profaned my sabbaths, for your heart continually went after idols.
1: So have you ever wondered or have you discussed in Christian teachings why it's using ordinances, statutes, no,
2: You guys are nitpickers and we're not.
1: Well, that's true. And I'm going to pick something right off you right now.
2: <laughs> pick a nit right off of yeah, me. Yeah, pick okay. a neck. It's a hey, yogi You got to pick a neck a basket. Okay, there you go. Get it. Uh, so... That nit. Um,
1: Anyway, so no, I
2: don't mean that derogatorily. You know that I don't. I, in fact, is I admire the fact that, I, and we love to hear Jewish people explaining to us and helping us understand. But we don't usually go into. Sure. We haven't been studying them for thousands of years like you have. No, you know? it's only two thousand. <laughs>
1: I understand. When you get to three, you'll be just fine. Right. But uh, but the point is, is this: there are uh, mishpatim and there are chukim. Now, that means nothing to anybody, but they translate it, ordinances and statutes. Okay. Okay. Let's say there are laws in the Bible that we understand that are good civil laws. Clear commands from God. Mm -hmm. Civil, moral laws. Mm -hmm. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't hit people in the eye with a sharp stick. All those kind of things. Those are good things for orderly societies. We understand the meanings. Then...
2: There's another category of laws that we just do not, although know. we don't follow those very well either. I would put parenthetically these days we well, don't. I, we seem to have abandoned them all. But okay. go ahead to the next group. Right,
1: the, and so just to pick it up, so there was like just there was no like there was no interjection into the middle of my sentence. Okay. Um, Are those the ordinances you just talked about? Those would probably be as I'm reading how they translate in English. Okay. Uh, the ordinances, because those are good moral civil laws. Don't mm-hmm. rob banks, don't steal, don't move people's boundaries. The things we understand for good moral civil orderly society. What are statutes then? Statutes are things like, you shall do the thing with the red heifer. Now, why? We don't know. Nobody knows. So there are basically, and I'm just going to tell you the Hebrew words, one's called mishpatim and then Hukim. Hukkim is the things we don't know the reason for. Nobody does. But you do it. So those are the things that you do not know the reason for. The other ones you understand the reason for. Don't steal. Don't commit adultery because it causes
2: problems. Can I I see if our understanding of, of of course, the moral laws, and we talk about ceremonial, or like the dietary laws, Uh would that be of the second group, the dietary laws? Because we don't actually know. What the dietary laws were for? We we kind of some people have written books said you know um, none of these diseases and other books that I've written that the dietary laws were all about health, but it never really says the dietary laws they they were to distinguish God's people, and we were well, just it's it's sort, we sort of said, like don't the, eat it. So don't eat it's it. It's sort of like this in all aspects. Would that God be part wanted, of the second? Well, group, the statutes.
1: They would be, but they'd also take part of the first, because he's saying, don't do it. And we understand it's for health reasons, but kosher is what you're referring to. And kosher is simply the word fit, F-I-T, fit. It's fit to eat. There are some things that are not fit to eat. And in simple categories, those laws are don't eat garbage collectors, like things that lay on the bottom of the ocean. Catfish and shrimp. Don't eat garbage collectors. And don't eat things that eat other animals raw. That's really the categories, because they're things that eat blood. So what you've got is you've got these laws that we don't understand, like the red heifer, like I said. But we're not supposed to do them because God said do oh, So what we do, the ritual orders. Now I will tell you in Hebrew, there is no such word nowhere in the Torah for the word ceremonial or ritual. I know they don't exist. So there is no distinction in the Jewish world about a law that God says do, that we don't understand, and one that we do understand. Okay,
2: what is the distinction between ordinances and statutes? Have you told us that already? I think so.
1: One is you understand the moral and civil laws, the consequences. Mm -hmm. Those are things we understand. Mm -hmm. Don't steal. Don't commit adultery. Those are things we need for good civil moral stuff. Mm -hmm. The other ones are things we do not understand. For example, um, the red heifer. That's the most obvious. Mm -hmm. We don't know why. Nobody knows why, but it said, God says, do it and you shall do it. So, those are things we've been told to do that we don't know the reason for. Us. So, I would classify that as the way in English as the word statute. Ordinances are for our orderly societies.
2: Now, and statutes so, are commands, just simply they're commands God said to do it. So, and the and
1: only distinction is we understand one, we do not understand the other, but they're both commandments. And so, you do them. So that's really all it is. And so if you do that, whether you understand it or not, it then you've done God's laws. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when they're saying that, it's a different thing. So in the Bible, when it's talking about different words, it's not saying a different word for exactly the same thing. It's totally a different thing.
2: It's one you will understand,
1: one you will not.
2: And there's a call in that context... Uh, the point, is, the point is, ultimately, in terms of the application point, uh-huh. Uh-huh. repent. <laughs> in other words, the, the clear point of all of this is, look, I'm not going to judge you on the basis of what your parents did. You're going to, each one is going to be judged on the basis of his own behavior, his own response to my laws, and yes. his own response to and, me. And through so the kosher laws, it's like this. Uh, you're suppo- every aspect of your life, as God
1: was telling Israel, is that you must be holy in all aspects of your life. You can choose to steal or not steal. You can choose to eat people, animals that eat blood or not. And I'm telling you, I want in every aspect of your life, even what you eat. Mm-hmm. I want you to try to be holy. Mm-hmm. And so, if uh, in chapter, 30,
3: ah, you're bad, every we're out time,
2: of time I tell you, go ahead, finish. Well, I was your just going to say. Um, you have about 20 so seconds. Twenty.
1: Uh, Twenty. I uh, uh, see. Twenty thirty three tells exactly what you just said. It's all about repenting. If you do something wrong, you
2: can repent. And you do not get punished for other people's sins. If only America could listen to that message today. We need to repent, my friends. Repaint and sin no more, right? That's the idea. See you next Sunday, folks.
3: The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture and is brought to you by Crew Military Ministry. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888 that's box 18888 San Antonio Texas 78218.
0: Hear the entire Bible every year on the Bible Live weeknights at 9:30 on this great station. Then join Sophie every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun inspiration and valuable prizes on the, the Bible, Bible Live Quiz show. show. Visit our website Biblelive.com. That's biblelive.com for more information about Sophie and the Bible Live broadcast
3: also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world.